Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Fingers of ice got shivers cleared in my mind. Chris Randall joins me now. Chris, what are we listening to? That is uh, Dead of Winter Blues by Memphis' own Motel Mirrors, a.k.a. Amy LaVert and John Paul Keats, in honor of the ever-lingering cold. So, um, you texted me this morning to ask uh, how the roads were. I said, not so bad. Have you gone out, and did I tell any lies? Yeah, I, I was actually thinking about trying to come into the studio, but I, I didn't. Uh, my timing wasn't quite right on that, so I pulled up short. I'm actually at the uh, Target parking lot right now, so I'm going to talk to you, and then I'm going to go load up on supplies, which uh-huh. we're in need of. Um, no, the roads were dramatically better than yesterday morning. They're not, like, crystal clear everywhere, that's for sure, and so I wasn't, like, driving my normal speed. Right. But um, it was it's much more like Monday and Tuesday, if not even a even little better, better than yesterday, which was, which was a mess. All right, so I was otherwise occupied last night, and uh, I'm aware that the Grizzlies had the lead in the second half and then uh, lost to Minnesota, and I'm, I read your piece about it, but uh, what the hell happened? What, what transpired last night? What did I miss? You know, they, 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 they played really well for 40 minutes, and then they lost. A, a severely shorthanded Grizzlies ended up losing to the team that's the best record in the Western Conference and the best defense in the, in the NBA, so no shame in that. Um, they played really well for about 40 minutes. The bench minutes were a mess, particularly with Zaire Williams and Gigi Jackson's minutes. Um, Jaron Jackson was the best player in, you know, for the Grizzlies, at least, if not in the game. And his minutes were limited familiarly by a combination of fouls and reaction to fouls. Um, and then, you know, I think Safi Aldama had sort of got in his head a little bit and forced some stuff he didn't need to force. And, you know, you, you combine all that stuff together, and then Mike Conley gets hot, and the margin of error is thin, and you take a loss. Um, did Jaron fall out? Of course not. Jaron hasn't fouled out a game all season. <laughs> so this is one of your this is one of yeah. your your. I, I'm, contract, I'm contractually obligated. It's not a big deal, <laughs> but I'm contractually obligated to point out the games where he's playing well and he plays twenty something minutes. Um, and ends the game of five fouls, and that was one of those. He, but he was on the floor. we got to be clear. He was on the floor at the end of the game, so when you add the five bonus points you get for him being on the floor for the last possession, <laughs> still not enough. Uh, he, 36 points in 26 minutes, um, and they were up when he left. He got his fourth foul in the third, and they were up 63-58. to 58. 
He then, yeah, I mean, to, to, to be charitable, he, he got his fourth foul early in the third. They set him for a long time in the third. And they held the, they held their yeah. lead. Luke Kennard had a great third quarter. Uh, then they brought him back in the fourth. He got the fifth foul. And when they set him down with the fifth foul, hey, you're in the fourth quarter and the game was on the line. So, like, this is my cardinal argument. Like, those minutes mean more than the end of the game, even though everyone thinks that you got to save for the end of the game. The, the crucial minutes in the game were not the three minutes he was there at the end of the game. They were the three minutes he was on the bench. But then Luke Kennard's on the bench, too. And so you, that, that was a rough stretch. By the way, the Grizzlies aren't stupid. And uh, Taylor Hank- Jenkins isn't stupid. This is, a, this is not a Taylor Jenkins Grizzlies thing. This is a all I know, basketball coaches, I know, I know, but basketball the, but the players, the basketball announcers. It's the, everybody. But the Grizzlies like to fashion themselves as cutting edge, forward thinking, analytically driven, you know, whatever else. It, 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 I, I actually have heard you bring it up with Taylor Jenkins before, haven't you? Like once or twice. I, I you know, I, I don't, only I don't beat it into the yeah. ground except for on the radio show. You know? <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, he went the other way a game recently that I noted. There was some game where Desmond Bain had like five fouls, and he he brought him in to start the fourth quarter. Yeah, I, I recall you pointing that out, and you you you, you did tip your hat in appreciation to them at that moment when they did that. I, yeah, um, Mike was great, huh? Conley was looked sprightly. Conley's had, Conley, man, is aging aging like fine wine. He's been crucial, and he's playing just about every game. Um, I think he's thirty six right now. Um, he is crucial for that team, and yeah, he he had a bunch of big shots in the fourth quarter. Um, he he has been very very good for Minnesota this year. Uh, and Anthony Edwards said he used to be Mike Connolly. Is that right? In the uh, I saw that on that, Twitter. That was a quote. That was a Chris yeah. Hine, who's the beat writer for the Star Tribune. He tweeted that out, and I retweeted. Apparently, Anthony Edwards after the game said he used to win money uh, playing playing the Grizzlies, the Mike Connolly, Zach Randolph Grizzlies, in like whatever video game. <laughs> and that was when he was eight. He was eight years old. <laughs> Um, so Luke was big in the third quarter, had 15 in the third quarter. And then, sadly, Gigi Jackson did not score 20-plus points. And, indeed, now, it's going to be an up-and-down ride, I guess. What? Ha- what would tell me the G- Take me through the Gigi experience last night. Well, he didn't play that much. And he, he didn't play, A, he didn't play that much. And, B, he played in some lineups that were, like, problematic lineups. Of course, at this point, right. like, half your, <laughs> the best half of your team is gone. You're going right. to have some bad lineups on the floor. You can't avoid it. Um, so he, he 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 looked his age, you know. He, he bricked a three. He, he, there were there were a couple times where he seemed like he wasn't sure where he was supposed to be in a set, and you know, bit on a pump fake, and like it's you know, he, he just he just looked like a nineteen year old rookie uh, on the floor. Probably won't be the last time. Yeah, and you um, um, gets me to the the mailbag. You have a mailbag up today. It's going to be a two part mailbag, and I'll say even this part. A heavy mailbag, um, and uh, I was enjoying it. So many questions, so many, so many questions, and happily that gives us plenty of fodder. But one of the questions was about um, Gigi, and uh, not that you are an expert on his experience at South Carolina, um, but you made a distinction in your response that I thought was useful, and it's between youth and imma- immature. What, what is it? Character issues and youthfulness issues. Character and immaturity. And immaturity. Not the same, not yeah. the same thing. And, and as far as I, I know, the questions with Gigi Jackson were, were maturity questions. 
And, like, maturity questions are reasonable when you're talking about the youngest player in college basketball but then becoming the youngest player in professional basketball. And so, I, you know, I don't so, – so if you pair, like, the performance in the one year at South Carolina with, you know, the idea of, like, bringing an 18-year-old into a man's league, like, it doesn't – it's not shocking to me that NBA scouts, you know, had some doubts on that. How long um... – how there was a question about both Gigi and Gilliard about how many games they are uh, permitted to play and whether they will hit that cap this season. Uh, what's the situation there? So I don't I don't have the numbers in front of me sitting in the car, but but Gilliard's got something like fifteen games left. You, you can be on the active roster for fifty games if you're on the two way contract, right. and it's on the active roster. It's not fifty games where you appear. If you were on the active roster of a game and you don't play, that still counts. And so Gilliard had something like 15 left, and Gigi has something like 35 left, roughly. And so at this point, we're like the halfway point in the season. I don't think the games left on Gigi Jackson is going to have any impact either way on what they do with him. Right. Um, I think the Gilliard, like he's going to run out of games because, you know, right. John's gone and Marcus Martin may be gone. And Desiree might be gone. And so he's going to run out of games. And then that'll be an interesting question for them. He's been such a good soldier for them. And so do you just keep him on the two-way when you can't use him on on the NBA team? Do you waive him to free up that two-way to get someone else on the two-way who you can use? Is there a chance that Gilliard sort of gets rewarded by some of these, like, 10-day contract stuff that they probably have coming up? You know, it'll be interesting to see to the degree that people are interested in Jacob Gilliard. Well, one of the things, uh, they are interested in Gigi Jackson. One of the things that you uh, brought up in the mailbag, again, I'll urge people to read it. I have tweeted it out, is um, a lot of this stuff, like, at this point, there's probably some reason, like, whether you are going to sign him to a... Uh, you know, uh, 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 a three-year contract or something, GG, um, so he won't be a restricted free agent this summer. Um, and it's a little bit like whether you're going to add uh, more players under the hardship uh, roster spots um, or hard- hardship exceptions is it might as well keep your powder dry until the trade deadline. Is that your sense? Like they're yeah, not going to do much I, I, I until think- the trade deadline? I think, barring other injuries, that's what they're going to do. Again, this is a team that's not in a play, really in a playoff race anymore. And so, you know, you're trying to get through games. You're trying to get through games playing players so you think you can learn something about or develop or, or, or meaningful to you. You're not just trying to soak up minutes. And so as long as they have players to play, and, you know, they did last night, and they have the game before, and, you know, they got like 10 or 11 guys, which is more than enough. And so as long as they have those guys – I don't think they're in a hurry to use the hardship because, to your point, which I sort of allude to in the, in, in the piece, that you still got to pay those guys, and that money counts against your, your luxury tax and your cap. And at this point, you've got a decent amount of room, but it's sort of creeping up. I think it's 6 to $8 million under the tax. And so, you know, if you sign Gigi Jackson to a new deal in season, well, that's going to be new money that's going to go into that. And you just don't know, I assume they don't know, what what may or may not pop up around the trade deadline. And it could be that you do some trade where you take back more salary within the current season and you give up. And so it makes sense to sort of leave that room out there. We're talking about three weeks. So it makes sense to leave that room out there, you know, for all of those potential transactions instead of rushing into adding adding extra salary for players you really probably don't need, need to play anyway. Someone asked, and this is uh, apropos of playing Minnesota last night, obviously playing Minnesota, and then look at the success Oklahoma City's had. They asked, 
has the Grizzlies window closed before it even opened because those teams have now leapfrogged Memphis and that is that. Your thoughts? No, I, I think the Grizzlies are in a very similar place. They're not in a similar place this season. They, this season right. has been a dip. But, you know, John Morant's 25 and Desmond Bain's 25 and I think Josh's 24, but you know, John, Darren, Jaron, and Des are all in the mid twenties. They're all under contract. You have, you know, good supporting around them. You need to make it better. You have questions, but like all these things apply to like all teams. Like you need your best players to be healthy, and you need to like you know have a combination of good luck and good, good decision making around them. To me, the Grizzlies are, are are can could easily like easily be back in the top three, top four in the West next season. I think they have as much of a chance to be in that spot next season as Minnesota does, if not more. Oklahoma City is a little bit different question. I think what they built is a little more stable as you cast out going forward. But I think we talked a little bit about Minnesota yesterday. I mean, given Conley's age and contract situation, given where they are relative to tax, we talked about the Grizzlies sort of trying to avoid the deep tax next season. Minnesota's in a, in a, a rougher spot than that with that. And so I don't think Minnesota is some, like, you know, behemoth that is now here to stay, necessarily. Uh, there are a zillion questions in the mailbag, and I would uh, – and, and this is only part one of two. Uh, I would urge people to yeah, go read Yeah, part two is going to be all, like, trade deadline, off-season kind of stuff. Okay. I will uh, – I will uh, – I'll continue to uh, – to harvest questions from this mailbag going forward, but people can read it over at the Daily Memphian. I have tweeted it out. The only one that seems like I should absolutely get to it today because uh, it's timely is someone asks about your favorite cabin fever shut-in movie, and you had two different responses here. Yeah, I wasn't sure like what the question was asking, like favorite movie to watch when you're shut-in or favorite movie about being, about being shut-in, which are two different things, so I answered both. Like my, my like comfort food movie is probably the last waltz, the Martin Scorsese um, docu- you know documentary slash concert film about the band's last concert in the late seventies, which includes Muddy Waters and Van Morrison and Bob Dylan and Neil Young and Joni Mitchell and all these people. I mean, I've seen that movie a dozen times. I'll see it a dozen more times, you know, if I live long enough. So like, that, you could turn that on any day, and I just sit there and watch it. And what's great um, about it, by the way, besides the characters? Well, the music. I mean, I, you right. know, I. I, I I love that music, and and, and and you know you don't get tired of of, of, of hearing great music. I don't right. think um, I don't, and so and then it's just funny and it's well it's well um, directed, and then there's sort of layers to it. It's like it, that, that movie comes across one way, and then you read Levon Helm's biography and it, autobiography, and it comes across kind of a different way, and you see some, there's sort of some BS in it that's kind of funny. Um, anyway, that's sort of a comfort yeah. food movie for me. But then a movie about, you know, I thought about movies about being shut in and trapped in, 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 and not being able to leave the house. Like the classic of that is Rear Window, which might be the best movie ever. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah, Chris Harrington headed to Target. Uh, <laughs> like, like I, think, I think today is going to be a day when a lot of people headed to Target. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.